money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. This is the Kenny and JT Show on News Talk 1480 WHBC. Look out, pal! I know you want to leave me, but I refuse to let you yeah. go. If I have please call yourself. Look out, pal! There he is. The man, the myth, the legend, the voice of your Cleveland Cavaliers. Joining us on the Kenny and JT Show from... Nolans getting ready for tonight's game against the Pelicans, 10 o'clock here on WHBC, the one, the only, Tim Alcorn. What's up, Toots? What's happening, guys? I'm a man. I'm not sure about myth and legend, but uh, <laughs> yes, we are here in New Orleans for the first of a back-to-back with the Pelicans and the Bulls tomorrow night at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. Tim, I want to start right there in the Big Easy because I've been there a couple of times for Final Fours. I was there for a Super Bowl, and I was thinking about this on my ride in today. When you filled in for Hammy last year, you did a couple of baseball games. You got to go to Chavez Ravine. I believe you were in Denver as well. When you're on the road covering the Cavaliers, what's the best venue? The best venue as far as an arena? Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, if one stands up, we always hear the Mecca, New York. I mean, what else comes to mind? Well, there's no doubt. Uh, Madison Square Garden is special. It's not the most beautiful arena, but mm-hmm. just the historic significance of it. I mean, it just oozes with all of the unbelievable events, not just basketball, mm-hmm. but that have happened at Madison Square Garden. Uh, this year, even though it's my fourth year doing Cavs basketball, this year was the first opportunity to get to Golden State's new arena. Oh, okay. It is absolutely spectacular. Oh, my goodness. Kenny, I was uh, watching this beautiful arena. Watching this show on the History Channel the other night, and it was Peyton Manning, and they ranked the top ten whatever stadiums, basketball courts, whatever, in the world. And it was really unique. Obviously, Yankee Stadium's there. Madison Square Garden was there. A couple of different football stadiums. And I always just wondered, Tim, you know, what you really look for when you're out on the road like that and what really makes something comfortable or iconic. You know, it's, it's interesting you ask that because I've been asked that by several people. What's the favorite city or the favorite arena? And basketball is different in baseball mm. in the fact that baseball, every ballpark has its own unique dimension, right. feel, whether it's the big, you know, the big green monster in Fenway or whatever it may be. But basketball, in the end, the court is the court. Yeah. It's 94 feet. The baskets are 10 feet high. It's like Gene Hackman and Hoosiers, right? So it's mm-hmm. all the things that are outside of the arena. But I really don't get a chance to see much of that. Sometimes I'll walk around okay. the concourse or whatever, but... I really don't get to see the arena as a whole. We're pretty much going to the arena, sitting down in our seat and calling the game. Okay. That's where baseball, I think, is really cool, that you see all these different ballparks with all the different auras about them and all the different logistics about them. I think that's really cool. Tim Alcorn, our guest, talking Cavs basketball. And Toots, uh, the Cavaliers didn't make any deals before yesterday's trading deadline. One of only two teams not to make an in-season trade this year, along with the Bulls. Uh, your thoughts as you were waiting, I'm sure, like us, to see if Kobe would pull the trigger on something. 
Yeah, our flight for New Orleans departed at 3 o'clock yesterday, so we were all on the plane uh, going through our phones and scanning Twitter, and we knew Kobe was set to address the media at 3. But again, he elected not to, and uh, after hearing his comments and reading his comments, I understand completely, not that he needs my blessing, but listen, (laughs) they like this roster. They really do, and not just the roster guys. What they really like is the chemistry that this team has formed. This is a tight-knit group, uh, both on and off the floor. It's a great locker room. So I'm sure as Kobe looked at it, number one, as he said yesterday, he's always willing to make a deal if it improves the basketball team, if he can take a step forward as far as the improvement of the actual product. And I think, again, from what he said, there really wasn't anything out there that took the team from one level and really escalated it to another. So I think that was part one. And part two was, again, just the chemistry of this team. He wants to see them grow. He wants to see them flourish together. And one of the things uh, that they need, and you can't acquire it, you just can't at the trading deadline, is experience. These guys need to go through a playoff series together. And so I think with DG and Okoro and Jared and those guys, Mobley, obviously, they haven't been in a playoff series. So he wants to keep that core group together and go through that and experience that and and have the maturity of that as a group. Tim, in the last two weeks, a couple of games have come to mind that for me may have changed the direction and the outcome of this season. One was the Miami Heat game. You lose that game. The other is the Memphis game. You get into that fight, whatever you want to call it, with uh, Donovan Mitchell. For the team to respond to this the way they have, is it just that they're playing really good ball and now really buying into J.B. Bickerstaff, or are they just beating up on the have-nots? No, I agree with your premise that those two games have really sparked a turnaround with this Cavalier team, not that they were in the doldrums, but uh, they were really upset after they lost that Miami game. Uh, That was a barometer game, a measuring Mm -hmm. stick game, and uh, they thought they should have had that one. And Jared Allen, who's normally a a pretty soft-spoken guy, he doesn't make a lot of headlines, but when he said after that game, I'm tired of learning, learning how to win. We need to win. Good. And and I think that sent a message. And so to that point, uh, now they go up against a Memphis team that they lost a real heartbreaker to in Memphis. Uh, It was a great game. They just Mm -hmm. lost. And then, of course, you've got the brouhaha with Donovan Mitchell. And I think that took it to another level. Like, we're not backing down from anybody. And Donovan was willing to get up and uh, go after a guy, and his teammates had his back. And so, yeah, I, I think you're spot on with those two, uh, JT. They turned the seat, not necessarily turned mm-hmm. the season around, but they took the Cavaliers to another level. And listen, these four games that they've won in a row going into tonight, uh, they've won them all handily, right. 15 points or more, the margin of difference. So uh, they're taking care of business, and they've got a real intense focus to them now. Tim, how good is this Howell Neto? I mean, I know it was the Detroit Pistons. But it seems as though this guy's engine never stops. I I love Howell. Yeah, he's one of those energetic guys. I think he has a little bit of that Delavadova DNA in him, where Ooh. you know he's a scrapper, he's feisty, he gets in your face defensively. Uh, he, he's not going to win a lot of games for you offensively, but he's going he's going to get the offense in their spot. 
He's going to make sure that everybody's doing the right thing. Uh, and as JB said the other night after the ball game, uh, he's the consummate pro. I mean, he'll have a DNP uh, four, five, six games in a row, and then all of a sudden he's called on, and he'll give you 20, 25 solid minutes and orchestrate the offense and just be a pain in the backside defensively. He's one of those guys you love to have him on your team, and <laughs> nobody right. else seems to like him uh, because he's just a real pesky guy. Well, the reason I asked the question, and a lot of people might say, what are you talking about, a third backup point guard, is because now it seems as though without making any moves, and maybe the moves we made were simply not making any moves because you get Rubio a little bit healthier, even though I don't know if he's playing tonight, and you get Dean Wade back. But we start thinking about the players like the Howell Nettos of the world and is this second unit now a little bit more solidified? Oh, there is absolutely no doubt about that. The return of Ricky Rubio uh, certainly started that process. And again, Ricky's not even close to where he wants to be minutes-wise and so forth. He mentioned to me a couple of weeks ago on our man-to-man chat that they basically were treating the games up until the All-Star game uh, as his preseason, and then he'll really ramp it up uh, following the All-Star break. By the way, no, he will not go tonight. Okay. Uh, Ricky didn't even make the flight, so he doesn't play on back-to-back, so uh, they, they elected to hold him off tonight, hold him out tonight, and then he'll uh, be in action tomorrow night. But to your point, Howell Neto is now a guy that JB feels they can rely on. They can turn to him and get quality minutes. As I said, he's not going to He's not going to win the game for you, but he's going to give you those solid minutes uh, that certainly he's not going to lose the game for you. I guess that's that plus-minus stat that all the analytic folks are into. And his plus-minus is usually on the plus side. Tim, as I watched the game the other night where Donovan sat out and Darius sat out, I loved what I saw from this standpoint, and I'm hoping JB preaches this, and I'm hoping that DG and Spider saw this sitting on the bench. They worked from the inside out. They weren't an afterthought, and I'm talking about Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. They were a focal point, and I think personally the Cavaliers are better when those two are involved in the offense as opposed to, like I said, fourth, third or fourth option because you've got two guards that can fill it up, but I hope those guards realize if those guys get involved, it's going to make their job easier as well. Your thoughts? No, I, I agree with you on that, Kenny. Now, obviously, uh, part of that the other night against Detroit was the fact that Garland and Mitchell weren't in the ball game, so the strength lied inside. But Jared Allen has mentioned that DG uh, will say to him, we need you more involved, and DG tries to get more assertive in getting Jared Allen the basketball. And you're right, there aren't too many defenses uh, that can defend those two big guys down low. And so uh, if it starts on the inside and they're contributing on the inside, that opens up everything on the wing and on the outside. And uh, you didn't mention a Coro there, but if mm-hmm. Isaac is playing the way he's been playing for the last five or six weeks, boy, now you really choose your poison defensively because he's been knocking down shots and yet you just can't slough off Jared and, and Evan in the middle. You've got to go after them. So it makes the Cavs a, a much more potent offensive team. Did he play himself onto this roster? And what I mean by that with Isaac Okoro is there were talks about maybe he would be somebody they'd look to trade. Well, with the way he played, uh, as you said, over the last month, month and a half, did did he keep himself on this roster? Well, I don't know if I would go so far as to say that, but I think his development and I think his progress and uh, the basketball that he's been playing the last five or six weeks, uh, that may have 
altered Kobe's thinking as far as, hey, we need a three spot because Isaac has been playing that very, very well. And so all of a sudden you didn't feel the pressure or the need uh, to go out and get that three and D guy. Uh, Isaac has been doing that very well. And they don't need 25 points a night from Isaac Okoro. If he's in double digits, 12 to 15, somewhere in there, consistent with that corner three ball that he's been knocking down uh, rather well as of late, now all of a sudden he becomes a weapon on the offensive end. And he has provided that. And, and guys, I'll tell you what, I'm at practice, I'm at shoot-around. Nobody works harder than Isaac Okoro. When I show up at practice and shoot-around, he's already on the floor. He's been working on that shot for a long time. And it's nice to see it come to fruition. Timmy, what do you have? Four games before the All-Star break. Do you expect to see any Kevin Love sightings between now and past the All-Star game? Yeah, I don't know. I think JB has gotten very set with his rotation, and I think he wants to have that rotation established uh, going into the All-Star break and out of the All-Star break. And, JT, you mentioned earlier the return of Rubio, the return of Dean Wade, who has played well. Uh, Karis LeVert now comes off the bench uh, with the return uh, of Garland and Mitchell in that backcourt. So there's three, and that puts you at eight. And if you put Jetty in there, uh, you're at nine. So I think JB has become pretty comfortable with this rotation, and everything indicates that's the rotation he's going to stick with. All right, Tim, uh, real quick, your thoughts on the trading deadline. Even though the Cavaliers did nothing, a lot of teams did something. Kyrie's a Mav, KD's a Sun. I'm a heat, I'm a heat, I'm a heat. Remember when Hot Rod said that when we covered him, everything yeah. like that? So uh, just uh, yeah. all the movement. Uh, who got better, uh, in your opinion, with the moves that they made? Wow. Yeah, I wish you guys had another half hour. We could really delve into all of this. <laughs> right. As you said, the only, the only two teams that didn't make a deal uh, were the Cavs and the Bulls. But certainly Phoenix, now that they have Booker back, and you've got Paul, and now you've got Kevin Durant, I think that vaults them back into the favorites role out west uh i mean kevin durant is a generational player and again there's all sorts of drama no matter where he seems to be but in the end he brings a championship caliber play and intensity to the basketball court so i think phoenix certainly bettered themselves uh you know in the east you got boston with muscala i think he's going to help them a lot uh so if they get healthy i know they had brown get hurt but you know, you could look at all these different deals and think about, I mean, how about Jay Crowder for five picks? Love it. Picks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was just some crazy things that were going on yesterday. But uh, in the end, and as you said, Kyrie out to Dallas. Uh, boy, you put Luka and, and Kyrie together. That could be lethal. Uh, it could come down to Dallas and Phoenix now out west. So it's going to be a lot of fun after the All-Star break. That sprint to the finish is just going to be incredibly fun. Tim, let's go back into the East here for a second because he really wasn't available his most of his entire time with Brooklyn, and albeit they trade uh, Kevin Durant. Did Brooklyn make themselves better? No, no, I don't think so. And, again, that's just me. But, again, you, you get rid of all the drama. But in the end, you have two elite players in the greatest of all time category and Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant take away all the other stuff that comes with it just basketball wise so it's hard to say you got better uh, when you traded away two guys that will go down as all-time greats and certified Hall of Famers but again I think they just looked at it and said we can't win with this boy did we try but it's just not going to happen and so let's clean house 
kind of start over. They stockpiled some picks, got some young talent that certainly will help them out. But uh, to me, that plays to the Cavs' benefit. Brooklyn, I think, now falls below the Cavs mm-hmm. insofar as ranking teams in the East. So, to me, uh, the Cavaliers would certainly be a top four in the East with Boston, Milwaukee, Philly, and the Cavs. I'm not ready to sleep on Brooklyn. Uh, just for the mere fact that Kyrie misses 150 games and Durant's usually never healthy either, I don't think we should take him for granted is all I'm saying. Well, I'm not saying take them for granted. I but I don't think they got better. I mean, when you trade two generational okay. players like that, I don't know if you can say you got better. When you uh, look at the trades that they made, okay, um, the one that I loved, and I was hoping somehow, some way, Tim, okay, that, that the Cavaliers would find a way to get this guy. But Mikel Bridges is what the Cavaliers are looking for. He's the uh, ideal 3 and D wing guy, right? And, and he goes there now along with Cam Johnson, who I know the Cavaliers had some interest in, and I was hoping they'd get him because he's not the 3 and D guy, but he can stroke it from distance at the small forward position. So uh, like JT said, Dinwiddie, Finney-Smith, Johnson, uh, Bridges, and then you elevate Cam Thomas, who's averaging, what, 40 points a game since he's uh, started for Brooklyn. Uh, again, we we got to keep an eye on them, but Miami's the other team in the East, even though they didn't make any major moves, Tim. I think we got to keep an eye on as well, bud. Absolutely. Any team that has that culture, the culture yeah. of winning like Miami does, and a player like Butler, there is absolutely no doubt about it. They're in the mix. I'm not saying Brooklyn's not formidable. I just don't think they got better. All right. We appreciate the time, as always, checking in from Nolans, the one, the only, Tim Alcorn. Uh, keep up the fantastic work, and we're hoping to hear a couple of pows tonight for the Cavaliers. <laughs> I'll bring it to the best pick-and-roll combo in Canton as early as I can, so stay up with me. <laughs> you got it. There he is, Tim Allen. Look out, Tim Pow! Allen. Tim Alcorn. <laughs> I had to throw it in there one time. Look out, Pow!